Father, we thank you. We praise you for loving us. Christ coming, humbling himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant, being made in human likeness so that we can have a relationship with you. As we reflect on the character, the identity, the being of Christ this morning, we want to be open to hearing, responding to your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. A little over 30 years ago, on a Friday, I went to visit a lady who had cancer and was dying. I came back Friday afternoon, late afternoon, and changed clothes and came to a wedding rehearsal here at the church. Following the wedding rehearsal, I went to Mercy Hospital on that day, Geising her south now to visit a lady who was going to have a stillborn child the next day. Saturday, I returned to the home where the lady was dying and she passed away. I came back from that visit to change clothes to get ready for a wedding. We had a wedding on Saturday afternoon, went to reception, and later that night, on a Saturday night, the lady that I'd visited had her stillborn child. Sunday morning, we get up and came to Sunday school and had church. In the afternoon, we had an elders meeting, we had supper together as elders, and then we had our Sunday evening service. Early Monday morning, I think it was one, two o'clock, the doorbell rang, and we went to the door, and a guy that lived down over the hill here came up. He had burned himself quite badly, and he wanted us to call an ambulance so he could go to the hospital. So we got him taken care of, and he ended up going to the hospital. We crawled back in bed, and we get up Monday morning, and it was Monday that Ruth Ann said, I think I better go to the hospital to give birth to one of our children today. The child was born around 6 p.m. I stayed for a little while after that child was born, and Ruth Ann laid down and thought she was going to rest for a while, and then get up to go to the bathroom and had major issues she had hemorrhaged. And if she had not gotten up when she did, she would have passed into eternity. I say all that to say simply that a child was born. You know, and all that was happening when the child was born. When you say, who was the child? A child. One of our kids, obviously. What did I miss in sharing about this child's birth? Who the child was. And who the child is. You know, sometimes we think about Christmas and we may know that Jesus was born. And we may know the facts that he was born. We read some of them in Luke chapter 2 and what was transpired in Luke chapter 2. But as you think about the birth of a child, and I'll tell you later, by the way, who that child was that was born, that was discussing. The Gospels talk a lot about Christ, who he was in his character, his being, his identity, his work, his death, his resurrection. It's interesting that only two of the Gospels speak of his birth. There are 3,743 verses in the four Gospels. 
51 verses speak of his birth. 1.3%. Christ's birth is the means that he came to this world among humans. But the focus of the Gospels is on his identity, his character, his being. So we want to look at a portion of John's Gospel this morning to reflect on Christ. The one whose birth we celebrate did not change. He did not begin when he came as a baby. He humbled himself. We have the everywhere present Christ being confined to a womb womb for nine months. We have the all-powerful one, the all-knowing one, again, confined in many ways before he was born and as he lived on this earth. John's Gospel, we find that the purpose is found in John 20 and verse 31. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's at the end of the book. John's Gospel begins with the fact that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Begins with? Jesus is God. Ends with? Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. And in between, we find his character, his identity, his being discussed in many ways. And as you look at the Gospel of John, you'll find that he is the Word, the Creator, life, light, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the living water, the bread of life, I am. He's the gate. The Good Shepherd, one with the Father, resurrection, life, Son of Man, way, truth, the true vine. All of that being communicated in the Gospel of John. This morning we want to look at one of those items as to Christ and who he was. Let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Thinking about Christ being the I am. In John 8 and verse 58, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. And we may read those two verses and... Say, Jesus says, I am. But let's get the flow of the context of what is taking place. At the end of chapter 7, we find that the Jewish leaders communicated unbelief in Christ. At the beginning of chapter 8, we find that Jesus had brought to him a woman who was taken in the very act of idolatry. And we know that he wrote on the ground, and he that is without the first or without sin should cast the first stone. And we know that beginning with the oldest, they left. The oldest would have thrown the first stone, then the next oldest, and so on. And they all left. And Jesus said to the woman, Then neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. And then picking up with verse 12 of John 8, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will will never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. 
Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. The Pharisees, the religious people, are the ones who were always giving Jesus a hard time. Jesus answered in verse 14, Even if I testify on my behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. My testimony is valid because the Father bears testimony of me, and I testify concerning myself. Then they ask him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. And you find this baby whose birth we celebrate, who is the light of the world, who is the I I am, becomes somewhat confrontational. Verse 21, once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is this why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. That's some pretty strong language. Who are you? They ask. Just what I've been claiming all along, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable. And what I've heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand what he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that the Son of Man, or then you will know that I'm the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing of my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many people put their faith in him. He's speaking, but right over their head. Some believed. Verse 31, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, Jesus is leading into some heavy territory here. The truth will set you free. They answered him. We're Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will or shall be set free? He talks about freedom. He talks about sin. And they're asking a legitimate question. We're not slaves. Verse 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. 
Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you're ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence. And you, and do, and you do what you have heard from your father. Now, Jesus is claiming one father, and he's saying to those that are speaking, to whom he is speaking, you have a different father. Verse 39, Abraham is their father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're not doing the things of your own father does. We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I am here. I've not come in my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Now, how would you like to be talking to someone? And they say, you belong to your father, the devil. And he has already performed miracles. Pretty heavy duty. What is being communicated? The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon possessed? Now remember, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. A Samaritan being half Jew, half Gentile. Then you have Jews. The Jews many times would cross the Jordan River, go up the east side of the Jordan River to get up to Galilee so they didn't have to go through Samaria. You know, the relationships were not good. Here they're calling him a Samaritan and demon-possessed. So we have some contention here. Jesus says, you're your father the devil. Not Abraham, you're a father of the devil. And the Jews are saying, you're Samaritan, you're demon-possessed. Now remember, the birth of the one who we celebrate today is the one that's speaking in this context. Verse 49, I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself. But there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. 
I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now, Jesus just keeps heaping it on. He talks about, he says, you know, you're slaves. The truth will set you free. He says, you're your father, the devil. And now he says, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. At this, the Jews exclaimed, Now we know that you're demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? He's taking them down a path. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim is your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said that I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. You're liars. You're of the father, the, your father, the devil. <clears throat> Then he says, your father Abraham. And remember, the Jews reverenced Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. So we have Jesus in the present. He was born. He came. He lived. He's talking to the Jews. And he says, Abraham, who lived some 2,000 years before, was glad To see me. So Jesus is saying, before Abraham was around, I was around. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Legitimate response in verse 57, you're not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Here's a man they've interacted with, they've seen him, and he's saying, Abraham, whom the Jews reverenced, was glad to see my day. Now Jesus blows him away in verse 58. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away among the temple grounds. I am. Goes back to What happened in Exodus chapter 3? We know that the children of Israel, we have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Joseph, one of them, ended up in Egypt. The children of Israel ended up in Egypt, as God told Abraham. They spent some 400 years in slavery. They came out of slavery. But in coming out of slavery, someone had to lead. 
God called Moses, as he is in the backside of the desert, caring for his father-in-law's sheep. And he saw a bush that was burning. And he went over closer, but the bush was not consumed. And it was there that Moses, as he was being communicated to by the Lord, said, if I go back to Egypt and the children of Israel ask me, who sent me, what shall I say? And the Lord said, I am that I am sent you. Tell them that I am sent you. The Jews recognized in John chapter 8 that Jesus is reflecting back to Exodus chapter 3. He is claiming to be the I am of Exodus chapter 3. He is claiming to be the one who has no beginning and who has no end. He is claiming to be the one who exists eternally. He's independent, self-existing, and continuous. So who is Jesus? I am. Did he exist in the past? I am. Will he exist in the future? I am. Whose birth do we celebrate? I am. When did he begin? I am. When does he end? I am. See, if you have an I am, there's no beginning, there's no end. You're not yet 50 years old, the Jews said, and you have seen Abraham. I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. We think about the birth of Christ. His existence did not begin with his birth. His existence continued at his birth when we should say conception, through the Holy Spirit, that was humbling himself, laying aside the independent use of his deity, to be confined to Mary's womb and then to have Mary give birth to him and then to live as he did and interact with people. But he continued to be, I am. Please keep in mind the one whose birth we celebrate is, was, will be, I am. There's no beginning. There's no end. And Jesus goes on in chapter 9 and then in chapter 10, and he talks about, I am the good shepherd. I'm the gate. I'm the true vine. But I am. You probably opened gifts already. Some of you may have read the Christmas story. We read one of the Christmas stories in Luke chapter 2. When you think about the birth of Christ, think about the I am. He was born. It wasn't his beginning. It was him continuing but in a humbled state. What does it mean in daily life to reflect on the birth of the I am individually? 
So you go to your job tomorrow or next week or you go to school next week, not this week, or the week after if you're in college or maybe the following week. You go shopping. You deal with loneliness. Often meditate on the fact that if you come to faith in Christ, the I am is with you. Some of you in the last couple of years have gone through the death of a spouse or of a family member. The I am was with you then and is with you now. Some of you go to the job or you've been on the job and you have some real tension and difficulty. I am is with you. The one who exists in eternity past, the one who exists in eternity future, but the one who humbled himself and became in human likeness. The I am. How does that influence you as a family? He's present with you. He's there with you. There's no need to worry. There's no need to fret. I am. We see a lot of change in our world. You've seen a lot of change in your life. That's life. But the I am is with you. He doesn't change. He was present. As we think about world history. And he'll be present in the future as we think about whatever may happen in our country. In the world at large. You ever stop to consider the one whose birth we celebrate? Nothing takes him by surprise. I am. We can go back in history to the crossing of the Red Sea. Who was there? I am. We can talk about King Saul's rebellion. Who was present? I am. We can reflect on the temp- the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem. I am was there. We can reflect on the Holocaust which took place in relation to World War II. I am was there. We can reflect on the war on terror in our own world in recent years and even today. Who's present? I am. You can think about your own birth. Who was present? And your mother gave you birth. I am. You can think about the trials that you may have had in school or those that you will have in school. Who's present? I am. You can think about your graduation from high school or college. It may have been years ago or it may be coming up shortly. Who's present? I am. You may think about your marriage and the ups and downs in marriage. Who's present? I am. You may think about the time in the military that you may have spent in a variety of places. Some of you will be in Vietnam. Who was present with you? I am. You may reflect on what we call the good old times. We reflect on history sometimes. Oh, it was just the good old days. Who was present? I am. You may have been through the death of a spouse or a family member. Who was present? I am. 
You may be going through sickness, or you may go through sickness, or you may have been through sickness. Who was present? I am. You've been, been, you may have been through poverty, and you may have been through much wealth. Who is present? I am. One of these days, you'll walk through your own death. As Josephine Bunny is doing at the present time. And I've said to her numerous times, Christ is with you. I am. So as we think about the birth of Christ, we're thinking about the birth of I am. The one who has no beginning, who has no end. He had a beginning in the sense that he became a human, but he was continuing his existence. I am. So we may know a lot about Christ's birth, the facts. We may know a variety of historical knowledge. But do we know the person? So the events that I described earlier of the birth of a child was Jason. And we can reflect on that historic, those historical events around his birth. But that's not the issue. Who is Jason? What is he like? What kind of person is he? How do we interact with him? Who is Jesus? He's the I am. Do you know him? Or are you yielding to him? And as we sing together and pray together, we again want to reflect on responding to the birth of the great I am. Let's take our hymnals and turn to hymn 195.